Welcome into another Q&A questions in alcohol where we ask the questions and usually our guests talk about something in the alcohol world, whether it's drinks, food, art, or more, and it's in Kentucky and beyond. And, and in this episode, we're kind of just barely going beyond Kentucky and they have a great uh, impact here in Kentucky as well because I've been able to try many of their beers down here in Lexington. I'm excited to have them on. But before we introduce our guests, don't forget to follow us on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok. We're also on YouTube as well and at hopspirits.com. But we're here to talk Mad Tree Brewing, and uh, this is in honor of Earth Day, and they do some really cool stuff. And I'd like to welcome in Trevor Self, the Mad Tree Marketing Manager, and Rhiannon, I can't say your last name, who's their Director of Strategic Impacts. <laughs> Rhiannon Hoeller. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I was going to say, I before we I hit the record button, I at least got your first name correct, but this, I don't think I could go two for two. So thank you for helping. <laughs> <laughs> now, Trevor's was a little easier. I, I appreciate that, Trevor. So uh, so for, for those uh, that probably may not know the behind the scenes people at Matry, you are two of them. Like I said, Director of Strategic Impact and the Marketing Manager. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you got into this crazy industry that is craft uh, beer and alcohol? Trevor, you want to go first? Sure. So um, my buddy from college actually got into homebrewing about 10 years ago, and I got into it as well and um, wanted to learn more and came to meet um, a girl I went to high school with whose husband uh, works at Madry, still does, and got plugged in with him just trying to learn more. So I've actually been here almost eight years and started off on packaging, then went to our quality lab to launch and implement our sensory program. And all this whole time, I've been helping out writing copy, coming up with ideas, um, stuff for sales sheets. And then all of a sudden, we started getting bigger and more opportunities arose, as well as working across multiple departments. And finally, I was like, hey, I love marketing. Um, how can we make something fit and slowly, gradually um, started transitioning out of some of those other roles and strictly marketing. So uh, the the running joke is I've had the most positions uh, at the company. <laughs> and I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but I'm happy where I'm at. And you're still there. And you're still there. <laughs> still here. Um, and my history with Metri is not as storied as Trevor's. Um, I've been here for about 18 months. I um, came from the land of zoos. So I worked as the VP of visitor experience strategy and fun at the Cincinnati Zoo for 11 years um, and transitioned here to Matri about 18 months ago. Um, when I started at the zoo, we were in a building phase um, and I felt like the opportunity here at Matri was to get back into that building phase. Um, so when I started at the zoo, we saw about uh, 900,000 people. And by the time I left, we had 1.8 million people coming through the gates. So um, I love the opportunity to build. Um, I think the way that they're um, building into their business and into their community is really the way that companies are gonna start going. And I think it was a really good opportunity to um, be in a beloved brand still within my community um, and also get the opportunity to build out um, and create uh, alongside a, a growing team. Well, and, and, and like you said, it, it's, a, it's a cool organization. And I mean, everything they do kind of has a, uh, an impact and a focus with it. Um, I guess my first thing, and this probably goes for, for, to Trevor, is what is with the name Mad Tree and does it have any meaning? <laughs> 
So way back in the day, uh, when the owners were sitting around and finally decided they wanted to open a brewery, um, they were trying to think of two words that fit together that, um, one, they wanted something that represented like growth community, um, kind of like a focal point and tree was very easy. Um, and then at the time they're trying to put a word with it that, um, reflected them and their passions. And they kind of called themselves the mad scientists and like psychopathy, um, was brewed 20 plus times before they let anyone else try it because they were wanting to hone in and tweak and get exactly what they wanted. Um, so one day around a campfire, um, the, maybe some home brews and other beers, someone finally threw out the word mad and then they loved how it worked together and, um, wanted to keep that T capitalized. So that's, uh, mad tree came about, um, and it still got some, some resonance today and, and ringing, but it also, you know, we get to go a lot further with that, with that name and brand about, um, we kind of say like, we're mad about our community and about giving back and impact, um, to kind of hold on to that origin story, but also showcase that we've grown and expanded, uh, from there. Well, it is kind of the, the perfect name, name then, and it allows a lot of fun, I'm sure for marketing purposes and even uh, other things as well. Um, you know, you talk about mad about the community, things like that, and mad in a good way, you know, because you guys really do give back. I mean, from planting trees to recycling plastic handles to spent grains to the farm. Um, why, why, how, wh- what did all this come, come from and, and how does it work for you all? Do you want me to jump in? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we are on a trajectory, right? We want to grow this company by 3X and have $5 million of impact along the way. Um, so we're setting some big goals and we're putting a stake in the ground on who we want to be as a company and who we want to be as a brand. Um, so we are getting our team out and volunteering in community. Um, last year alone, we had 1,700 hours of volunteer work within the community, and we have a much bigger goal this year. Um, we've expanded our staff size. That helps. Um, <laughs> But we also put it in our job descriptions. We hold our people accountable to it um, in our annual reviews, right? And we also set up opportunities for them each and every month. Um, We do care about the community, right? In that we also wanna be sustainable within our own four walls. Um, So yeah, the spent grain is is really important to us, right? Not just sending that back to the landfill, but sending that to a place where it's getting recycled through cows, essentially. Um, We just landed a grant with our local community um, and we're going to be able to recycle the super sacks and the malt bags that we utilize in the brewing process. Um, So those will no longer be going to the landfill in about a month. They'll be recycled. So we care about it internally, but we also care about it externally. We're um, for our private events, every private event, um, we tack on a carbon offset. Now people can opt in or out of that but we've been able to drive those dollars straight back into our community parks um, and get trees planted in the ground to increase canopy, which does amazing things for health outcomes in our community. Um, We're tying it back into the neighborhoods that have less than 40% tree canopy cover. So there's multiple ways in which we are um, driving our goals back both internally in our own company, but also externally in our community and alongside our staff. Our staff's a huge 
way for us to be together in community, but also to be out in community. Um, so we're building culture right inside our own team, which is awesome. And then, um, except yesterday we worked really hard and I think people were dying. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's really good, right? We, we build culture and community within our own team, but we also get to get out and be with um, our neighbors. Well, I think it's really cool too. I, I believe I've read where, you know, obviously you guys want them to go out and volunteer, but you go a step further and pay them their, their normal working day rate wage to go out. And it's what, like 16 hours a year or something like that, that they get to go volunteer, but they're still getting paid. Um, so it's kind of like a win-win for everybody. Yep. Yep. It's great. Um, it's great for our partners also to see us. Right. And so part of who we tie back into is the 1% for the planet nonprofits. So 99% of what we do is with those nonprofits within our community and they are very focused on environment. So um, we're kind of winning in both ways there as well. But yeah, and, totally and, gets paid to do so. And, and that is awesome to see. And it, and it kind of just shows how, how focused and dedicated y'all are to the sustainability efforts and, and giving back. What I mean, besides this, those kind of the, that people can maybe see or read about, you know, the, the trees, the, the spent grain, recycling the plastics. What other ways have you guys worked to, to give back to the community? Yeah, so um, we do, so the 1% for the planet component, right? Um, some of that can be through volunteer time, but some of that is just straight up dollars going back into the community. So we support financially nonprofits within our community. Um, we also, we shut down both spaces uh, two times a year. And one of those times is we literally all get together as an entire company. And we work with Cincinnati Parks and Cincinnati Parks Foundation to get trees into neighborhood parks. Um, so that's a really fun opportunity for us to all get away from the office um, and go and be together outside um, of our four walls. We also, um, a really cool thing we've done is we've we're trying to build our pipeline um, and diversify our pipeline of um, staff. And so we have invested in a scholarship to reduce barriers um, and provide more access. So we partner with Cincinnati State. Um, we provide a scholarship for a woman or a person of color um, in their brewing technologies program. So uh, it helps alleviate about half the price, price tag of um, going through that program. And um, we're hoping to create a pipeline of people coming into our doors so that we can get a look at the next generation of folks who are interested in the brewing world um, so we can kind of diversify our staff. Uh, we also look at pay equity for women across the company and make sure that we, we are um, taking care of everybody in our company. So I'd say those are some other ways that we're really paying attention to our impact. Um, well, I was going to say, and, and you touched on this a little early too, that, that $5 million goal by, by 2030, and that encompasses a, a lot of different, different things, including a lot that, that you talked about. But I mean, how, how tough is that goal and, and how are you guys building toward it? Yep. So a big chunk of that, I'd say half of it is coming from that 1%. So 1% of our sales goes straight back into our community um, through our nonprofit partners. So um, that's a, that's a big chunk of it. Uh, some of it is getting other partners on board with us, right? So, um, one of the things we're doing is we are, we have a women's speakers series event that we host once a month. Um, 
we're bringing in amazing women from Cincinnati. We've actually brought in another woman from somewhere else, but predominantly it's sort of um, remarkable women in our own community that are doing remarkable things. Um, and we have a panel of three women each month. And so we have a partner that's helped sponsor that. Um, so some of that is also how we are, are measuring our impact to get to that $5 million. Who is willing to sign on with us and say, we're in as well, and we want to partner with you on impact and grow, um, right? Because the whole point behind 1% for the planet was to bring both for-profit and not-for-profit together so that we're not all working in these silos, that we're working together in community. Um, so I would say those are some other ways that we're how, how we pull in people into our community is important. We also value trees. Um, so we put a valuation on trees and over time, those trees become more valuable. So um, we take into account attrition, right? <laughs> over the next decade, because not every tree that we're planting is gonna last, um, but we, we're taking in tree value into account. Um, I'd say we also do it through asking our the people who are um, our customer base to join in with us, right? So we have our toss a buck in the tap room. So you toss a buck up um, and that goes straight into one tree planted. Um, we are also asking people when they purchase things from our merchandise, um, they can either tack onto one tree planted at Alcove, our new location. They can also tack onto one tree planted on their bill. Um, the socks that you can buy through our merch um, stand are from Conscious Step, those also help in planting trees. So we're asking others to get in here with us and do the work with us. Um, because of COVID, we haven't been able to successfully do this quite yet, but we have also asked uh, people to volunteer with us. And we have about a hundred people signed up to come out and get dirty with us and build some sweat equity with us. Um, but we've been waiting for COVID to subside a little bit so we can actually invite other people out to volunteer with us. So I think that's another way that we build into community and we ask the community to build out with us. So those are some probably key. Can you think of any others? Yeah, well, I guess also it's the, in order to have that $5 million, right? We want to do things to increase additional revenue streams or revenue streams that we already have. So things like the programming from ascending women to other events um, being led by our consumer experience team uh, to bring in people that may not otherwise come here or to utilize our spaces that are not being filled. So amazing programming and ideas coming through that front, um, taking things like psychopathy and adding on a tropical variant um, is something that is a really easy pivot, but now we have two offerings um, for our distributor to get the word out there with a brand that has an established name for uh, almost 10 years in the craft beer industry, which is um, very, very telling and, you know, something that uh, we can, we can have our sales team push throughout our distribution area. Um, and, you know, and trying to get more people under the mad tree umbrella by appealing to them and, asking what the consumer wants. So that's where things like Sway by Madtree, the premium uh, vodka soda cocktails came from, where we invested a lot of time and effort of um, what flavors are popular right now, what, what are consumers looking for from a claims perspective, and then hiring out, um, you know, we, we hired a, a sensory group to have people come taste 
the beverages here and really collect data to tell us what exactly people want. And then we can move forward with, you know, producing that product and appealing people that may not uh, drink beer or otherwise be interested in Matry. And then all of a sudden they're finding a product that they like, they're learning more about who we are and what our purpose is. And now they're, they're a fan and they're telling their, their friends about it. Um, I think the other thing we, we realize is that we, people love coming to our spaces. So during COVID, it wasn't everyone hunkered down. It was like, what can we be doing now? So that when we start coming out of this, we're, we're ready and prepared. And, um, that's where our new bar and restaurant in a historic OTR came about, um, alcove. And we met with, um, we, we know how to do drinks and experience really well and wanted to find a chef that also aligned with our, our values. And that's where we got Steven Williams and his protege, Brandon Lomax, um, and super hyper local farm to table. Um, I think we say like almost 90% of their product comes within like a 30 mile radius of the, of the building. Um, and also thing that people get excited about, um, an amazing atmosphere with a massive living wall, um, great people, and then good food and drink for people to just gather around. Um, something that we do really well, which is, you know, connect people with each other and try to create that immersive environment that people want to experience. Well, I, I was going to say too, you know, you kind of touched on it. You got the new, the, the alcove and over the Rhine, um, which is a cool looking space in your tap room, the kind of the original tap room uh, it, it is such a neat space too. I mean, how does even just this kind of giving back, I mean, you mentioned the, the, the buck, throw the buck in um, to, to the plants that are in, in these tap rooms and the canopy that's at, at the alcove. How does all that still tie back to kind of these goals? Cause it seems like it's everywhere in a good way. <laughs> um, I think we can probably tag team this one, but I think, um, right. I, one of the things I forgot to mention is Alcove, we're also going for lead gold status. Um, we'll be the only restaurant downtown with lead gold, um, if we can get there. Um, so it's just tying, like that's walking the walk, right? Um, and then I think the other piece is Alcove is like that next iteration of what Mad Tree is, right? So we're really trying to live out our purpose to connect people to nature and each other. And we're connecting people to nature within our own spaces now, right? So that living wall is like, we want you to come in and just be able to take a big deep breath and feel like you're really connecting to nature. Um, we can't like build, you know, necessarily alcove in the middle of a forest with no roof and no right, walls, <laughs> but, but we're bringing in as much tropical and, and natural feel as we possibly can into the space. Um, that's why it's one of the biggest living walls that you'll see anywhere. Um, but yeah, so I think that's, that's, we're trying to live and breathe every single piece of our brand into our spaces. Um, and, and 2.0, while it is very much a big space, right? But it's also a repurposed space. It's not a space that we came in and built. It's not a space that we, you know, it's being repurposed. So it's, it's living the brand in a different way, but we were kind of taking Alcove to that next step of like really bringing the brand a little bit closer to life uh, within a physical space. You can probably speak more. Yeah, and I, I think because of 
the vision and goals of the company that employees have really latched on that you may see or not see, um, whether it's finding ways to uh, conserve water or changing steps in the brewing process that um, maybe aren't necessary or we can make them more efficient to um, one of our bartenders. We have crowns and coloring papers for, for families and because we, we want to be family friendly and accept everyone and, you know, finding a recycling program that gets those crowns get repurposed. So there's all these like small little things that you may see or may not see. Um, we have a zero waste uh, tap room and just either encouraging employees to find ways in their own fields and departments to, to make things better. Or, you know, there's a lot of really good experts out there who are either local, national, or global that, you know, you can ask and pick their brains of, you know, what they're doing. And I think everyone here wants to, to be better. And so I, I think it starts from the top all the way down of encouraging people to find ways to be better, have that, have that impact. I think oh, a, a cute one fine. to like jump in on that. Um, we, right. We don't, uh, alcohol, alcohol, we have a new space where we're selling wine and all of a sudden we have a new thing, right. Which is wine comes with corks. So, uh, the assistant GM down there just sent me an email the other day, like, Hey, this isn't a problem that we've had before. So what do we do with these? Right. So like it is everybody, it's those little moments. And that's actually when, you know, you're winning is when your staff is like coming to you and asking like, Oh, this is a new thing. How do we work it in? Or, um, and to Trevor's point about Brandon Lomax, right? Like that kitchen reuses till it cannot be reused anymore. Right. Like, um, how do we use the zest from the bar bar for the kitchen or vice versa? How do we use the zest at the bar and then repurpose that lime once we've gotten the zest and give it to the bar to reuse, right? So it's that like very circular economy within our own spaces that um, that Stephen and Brandon have brought brought to our table, which is awesome. I was gonna say that that is amazing to see because when when you have buy-in from everyone, uh, that's when you know you're really making that 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 impact is greater than than just you know the the original goals. You know it can it can grow so far and you know you guys are growing too. Like you said, you have the the sway by Madtree. You've got some some amazing beers. Can you talk a little bit about those the the sways and then just the beers you guys have on tap that that folks might um, not be used to seeing besides the the IPA that that is well known. Yeah. So. Sway by Madtree literally just came out two weeks ago. Um, it's a vodka soda um, and two awesome flavor combinations. We've got grapefruit ginger and then strawberry guava. And you can find it all throughout the greater Cincinnati area. So Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, and Dayton. Um, if anyone comes up for an FC Cincinnati game, we've got it. Uh, cans of that available there too, which is, which is awesome. Um, and they're, very refreshing, 100 calories, gluten-free, zero sugar, one carb. So everything you would want. Um, and we just, you know, kind of put Matry's own spin on it and made it a little more elevated and, and premium. But, you know, it's a product that even our head brewer is super proud of um, and everyone here enjoys. So that's available now in, in four packs of uh, Slim Cans. And we're looking to, we're already iterating next flavors and um, you know, the Sway brand was built in a way that um, any type of liquor that um, we want to look into or research 
um, it kind of is big enough to hold that. And so we're, we're constantly looking at, you know, what's next and how can we, how can we win with our consumers and still create a, a quality product that everyone here is, is proud of and bring more people into our story. It's really good. <laughs> well, I love the name too. Uh, like I said, it, it plays very well on, on just the mad tree, the tree and, and all that. I mean, and then, like you said, you, you guys have been able to kind of expand some, some beer lines and so forth and, and have some amazing brews there. Um, can you talk a little bit about those for, for folks that may not um, know all the different beers that you, you guys are able to brew? Yeah. So, you know, we, we've got a lot of amazing beers out there. Tropical Psychopathy also just came out this year. So it's a passion fruit, orange, and guava variant on um, an IPA that was typically more of like that old school West Coast style. So same name, but totally different flavors. And, you know, there's, there's folks who have been psychopathy tried and true their whole lives. They're like, all right, now I'm getting my 12 pack of psychopathy, but also picking up a six pack of this um, because it's, it's still under the same name, but it's incredibly delicious. Um, We've got rounding third out right now, a red IPA um, paying homage to, you know, our first sports team uh, for the MLB Cincinnati Reds. And then we have this really cool um, line called Ahuevo, which is going to be, um, quarterly, like different types of the first one was a Mexican style hot chocolate. And this one is a Mexican lager. So it'll be out in the next few weeks, uh, really easy, crushable, perfect for summer and Cinco de Mayo. And, you know, constantly looking at IPAs are still King. So we've got two more IPAs coming out, summer camp haze and Midwest Luau. Um, and then we have our tree search series, which, um, is an exploration. It's basically our best IPA recipes that we can in 16 ounce cans for a limited time. And, um, it's a series, uh, the artwork is beautiful. It kind of portrays what we are is like trying to, you know, push the boundaries of what an IPA can be and different hops or new yeast strains, um, and really letting those, uh, flavors and ingredients shine and our brewers get to have a ton of fun with it. Um, and those are super popular too. So still iterating and come up with brand new things from a beer perspective, but also now, um, in the, uh, ready to drink cocktail category. It's awesome to see. And I'm a big fan of the shade. That is one of my, uh, uh, favorites of yours and probably what I get the most. Um, so I guess I will wrap this up. I mean, folks can go to madtreebrewing.com and find them on social media as well. But what's what's next for for y'all that you're allowed to say that this is recorded so that you can actually tell me um, and, and or maybe just kind of what you guys are hoping for uh, the rest of 2022. Yeah, so we're, we're really excited for Sway and how it's um, been received and, and you know, creating more flavors and testing them. So hopefully just being able to tack on to that and build that brand out even more and um, you know, try to get it distributed uh further and further away from our, from our home too, as people, you know, start to recognize that brand. And, you know, we're always, people are, people come to us with locations. We, we talk to people. So there's always, you know, whenever not doing our research and due diligence, it's just, does it make sense to fall into our 30 uh, million in revenue and 5 million of impact plan or not? 
and what's what's the best decision to be to continue to be a lean business, but also you know generating revenue and additional streams to accomplish what we want to. I'm really excited for Sway by the Pool. <laughs> and um, I'm really excited for Alcove. It's been an amazing journey. It feels really good to be in a growth spot. Um, it's so cool to see a company, right? Double in size overnight um, and to see new things come to life. And with everything, there's um, opportunity, right? To There's iterative process in that, right? So we got to keep getting better, keep getting better in those spaces. Um, but to Trevor's point, you know, Sway can grow. Um, Alcove can grow. Both of them are doing really, really well. Um, so that's a good beginning, but there's also still tons of opportunity in both of those things um, to keep growing. And then what does that, you know, success beget success? And so how do we continue down that path of um, growing this thing out and getting to our goals? Well, I can't wait to see see what's next and how you guys can continue to build upon that impact. And Rhiannon and Trevor, I, I thank you so much for being able to tell tell the story of Mad Tree and the, the great things you all are doing. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Thanks for having us.